Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity, learning the history of hobbies, as well as developing a little side hustle. If you want to find peace and prosperity in your life, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. All right, let's get to the show. All right, and uh, welcome back to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. With me today is Carol LeBaron. Uh, Carol and I have met on the Nomad Network uh, from Jason Stapleton. Uh, Carol, how are you? I am good. I couldn't be better. That's hot always, here in Tennessee. It's 80 degrees. It's hot down here in South Florida. Yeah, you're even farther south than I am. Oh, it's just, oh, it's brutal running in this. Um, uh, okay, so um, so talk about yourself. Uh, so where are you from and how did you get into art? Oh, well, we only have, how long is this podcast? Three hours? Um, no, no, I mean, I, I'm teasing you. I, I can, I can go for an hour. <laughs> I'm teasing you, Adam. So it's a long, it's a long story, all of those things. So I'll, I'll try to make it brief. My father was in the service. I was born in Bremerhaven, Germany because of that. So it's one short version of a long story. And, um, my parents came back in 1954 to Massachusetts. So I grew up in Eastern Mass, just outside of Boston, in Wayland, Mass, which is near the Lexington Concord area. So I grew up there and that went to school and high school there. And shortly after high school, it was the 70s. So I, and I didn't do any art any of that time. There's, a lot of reasons why the, the shortest version is that art teachers were conventional and I was not. I'd get in trouble for things like making a mess with the art supplies and painting outside the lines. So I was turned off from art pretty quickly as a child. But I was a rebel in the 70s. I graduated high school in 72. So I was in a hurry to go be a hippie. And so I went off. Um, with my first husband and instead of going to college lived on a farm and started weaving and selling bags at craft fairs so that's really when I first got into art was through the whole I always had artistic sensibilities so in expressing myself through all of the things that one would in the turbulent 70s I came into art and made a portfolio I went to Rhode Island School of Design had had my first son while I was there, um, had all three children between 78 and 82, and um, got divorced shortly after that, and um, did a bunch of other things, a lot of different businesses, things like that, worked as a service manager at a car dealer, lots of different things, and then in the early 80s, I came back around, realized that art was where I needed to be, went back to Rhode Island School of Design for a master's degree. And that's when I started teaching and I developed the techniques that I have now. So what I'm doing now, I've been doing, I don't know, for 20 plus some odd years, long time. 
20 plus years. I, yeah, I can't even think of that. Like with my young age at 28. How just, old are you? You're 28. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm 28. Um, February 9th was uh, the big two eight. Uh, can't, I can't even like think like how you can put 20 years into something. And, and that's still like just a significant portion of my life still. Um, right. You, you know, I will tell you this because I teach art history too, and I'm art historian. So time has a way of stretching. I always tell my students, think about it as looking through the long end of a telescope, even with the times that we have now, right? So we think, we think our, you know, oh, our country's been around for a long time. Yes. Well, it's been around for what, 250 years or something. Our historical artifacts that, that we study, they're hundreds, 600, 700, a thousand years old. The Roman Empire lasted the same, that the uh, Roman Republic lasted the same amount of time as our country. But we have one little line in the history books for something that's 2000 years ago. But we have many, many books for things that just happened. So it's the same thing with your life. When you're 60 plus, which I am, 20 years is part of a long life of, of building up to where I am now. And there, there really is something to said for, for age and wisdom. Although when I was your age, and I, I have earned the right to say that, um, we just said that old people had nothing to say. We wouldn't listen. You know, there was, I forget what the saying was. But there was a saying of pretty much you want, we, we figured we'd just take anybody that was, don't trust anybody over 30. That's what we think. I had it on a wastebasket in my room and it was on t-shirts, bumper stickers, trust no one over 30. That was the watchword in the seventies. Uh, it's kind of crazy because um, now I have teammates who are at 30, they are buying homes or having kids Um yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm getting up there. I mean, to, to thirty, and uh, it's crazy to think about. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm still young, and and my parents uh, they met um when they were like thirty five or so, thirty six, and and then and then like and then in ninety four, out comes me in a sn- in a snowstorm. Um, and and back That's in- awesome. And, and back in ninety four, like, like, I, like I, I took a look at like some, some guy who had like a newborn, and it's like they put your kid in like this car seat, and they sort of like field test your kid or something. And 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 I know this is getting a little off topic, but no, it's it's interesting. And there is a a big red wasp crawling across my keyboard. So oh, sorry, that's that's nuts. <laughs> I can't but, believe I didn't just freak out. I just put him underneath a cup. Sorry, that's oh, that, like oh. like I hate I hate I don't like I don't oh. necessarily like bees, but I, as long as you like put me in like one of those beekeeper suits, I'm fine though. And there's an art to that too. Speaking of art. I don't know what I'm going to do with him now. Oh. I'm scared of him. Here, I'm putting a weight on this. Hopefully, he just stays there until we're done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> wow, that was okay. Professional podcaster here. Um. Okay. So yeah, and this yeah, and then they just took me back. There was like I think we were like maybe um, uh, maybe we were like 15 minutes away from the hospital, and and uh, if you and and I don't think. Wait, have you been to uh? uh south maryland or like or like northern driven through there 
I, I have. And I, I okay. so Virginia, I drive up 81, but Maryland, I actually stayed with some Korean people outside of Maryland when I was doing teaching a workshop once. So I've, I've been, and I go through Maryland every tw- twice a year on my way to New England. Oh, so, so you've been on 95 or 270? Yes. Oh, I've driven that so many times in my life. And like, uh, it, it, I mean, I do 81 from where I live because I'm West, but oh. it's, it's a lot better. If you can ever not go 95 and go 81, that's the way to go. Just- okay. For all of you people back in the DMV area. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So moving on. Uh, so what is, so what is it like teaching your craft exactly? So I love teaching my craft. Um, trying to think how to answer. I, I teach my, the, most of the places that I've been teaching my craft has been um, in craft workshops. There's, there are craft schools across the country, places like Haystack Mountain School of Crafts, Penland School of Crafts, um, Aromont. I, I can't think of them all. John C. Campbell. There's, there are places where you can go and study different crafts and, and, um, and they're all set up. They bring people there. And so the people that come there, that's what they want to do is they, they see your work or your artwork and they want to learn how to make whatever that is. Now, the, the piece that's behind me is, is taken from a piece that's my craft, but I'm assuming since you're doing a video, you've got, I can give you images if you want to show them so people understand what we're talking about here. Um, yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. And, and, and this will also be on uh, audio as well, but. Uh, right. So, yeah. So I'm not going to take our time to hold them up because anybody on audio, it wouldn't mean anything, but also you can, if, if you look me up, you can see images of it and it's, it's resist dyed wool, the craft that I teach in workshops and so the process basically is you take white wool you use a japanese technique of of tie-dye or just tie-dye basically but i use board clamps and it's it's very complicated and dye it different colors there's so you have to over dye it a bunch of different times and then piece it all together stitch it all together so it takes many many hours to make one of my pieces. So what ends up happening is that there's a huge excitement in learning how to do the dye and create the things, but it, it there's only a handful of people that, that, that take it beyond that. There's not very many people that do it the way I do, but I just, I just love to teach. So more what happens is I teach people what I do and then they see possibilities and I say, well, what is it that you like to do? And then whatever that is, I can find ways to make what they're doing better. And every, and, and the best moment when you're doing that is when somebody gets it, when they're like, Oh, I love that. Or that's a great idea. Or I want to try that. And then they try it. It really works. It is so gratifying. I can't even tell you. So I'm working now on figuring out ways to do it online. It's a little harder because it's not hands-on, but the, so it's take, it, it's been a kind of a struggle for me, but I just feel like I can teach more people 
And I think there's ways to get it out there so people can enjoy it because it, it costs a lot of money to, or you have to take time. If you're going to go to a workshop, like the ones I teach, you got to take time off from work. You got to spend the money to go out there, find a place to stay, live there for a week. And then when you leave, there's no ongoing support. So I, I feel like, it, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, it's new what I'm doing. So. Yeah. I mean, does that like, answer the question? I don't know. Uh, but that, that more than answers the question. I mean, I'll tell you this, like teaching online and actually having a client for a little bit. I, I did two projects for this guy. I mean, and then, and then just, and then just narrated this script for him. And then just, it, it, it was great too, doing that. And, mm-hmm. but, but teaching and actually just, answering people's questions like like there is something you get out of that too like like don't don't get me wrong I I love narrating scripts but it's better to you know but I'd rather but like I just like teaching people how to like set everything up the RMS level the peak level the amplification all that for the audiobook and 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 there's like there like you can say there's an art to everything would you would you not? Absolutely. In fact, there, you, if you go online and just Google the words, the art of teaching, you'll come up with more than a handful of books with that title. Oh, in, indeed. Indeed. Um, so you recently joined the 10K Club um, along with... Um, I did. Along with Ken Madden. And, um, and well, well, Drew, Drew makes... 100k a year but um i think he's i I mean like he's just the exception to the rule i mean like like how did you go from zero to 10k and i'm still making like a few hundred extra dollars a month so now adam i'm gonna tell you something i did get the 10k because i earned over 10,000 in one month but that doesn't mean i'm earning it every month it means i was able to achieve that goal because I had a commission that I worked on for over five years. And I had hours and hours of time, money, sweat, equity, labor into that thing. And, and um, so it's, so I, I would say, and, and well-deserved the price that I got for it, which was over 10K and rightfully so. So, but I just, I didn't want it. I just said, you know, just... 10 K club is good. And I wear that badge with honor because what that did for me was remind me how much my work is worth, that it really is worth over 10 K that, you know, if if it's going to go in a hospital or if it's going to go in a multi-million dollar corporation building, it's worth 25, $30,000. And what happened in 2012, I did two pieces for the Luxor Hotel through a consultant. Um, and those pieces, they're not there anymore. They, they change their artwork around every 20 years or so. But it was there for quite a while. I got paid eight or 9000 for those. And the consultant got paid 40000 So this time, this was a private commission. And they just asked me to do it. And the thing that was amazing is I would have made the piece anyway, because I'm, I'm the kind of artist that I have to make work. I just, it has to come out of me. And so 
most I I do struggle to make ends meet. That extra, like Dan asked me today, you know, what do you want for dinner? And, and I said, well, I'd really like to have steak. And we just looked at each other. We're not having that. It's thirty dollars for two steaks. You know, we we got some pork chops, and those are going to be awesome. You know, so it, we we definitely. We what we we watched how many trips to town we have. We, we just because I I sold that piece, it doesn't make me a millionaire. But what it did do was remind me of the value of the work that I have and my own personal goal that I can get to. And I don't know if I'll ever do ten ten k a month because if I was going to make pieces like this on mass, first of all, I don't know if there's that many people. But second of all, I'd have to hire people, and then it wouldn't be this so. That's how is by working every single day and just creating my own goal and and making something come out in the world that really needed to be there. And then, and Jason was a huge part of it. I would not have gotten paid what I got paid for it if I hadn't worked with him because he has taught me how to talk to people and how, when, you know, when, how he spent quite a little while with me telling me how to have the conversation in such a way tell the story, explain to the client exactly what I did. And and I never asked for anything. They decided what the value was based on the product that I showed them and the story that I told them about how it came to be. Oh, indeed. Um, Okay, next question. So how do you prepare for uh, new projects? (laughs) just so how i've yeah so what i it's i do a lot of walking around in circles and i oh i look at the world Hmm. i look at the world and i i always have ideas and i'm in a way kind of cheating right now. I have a whole new project I've started already. I mean, I had so much in me coming out of this piece that I did. And every time I do a big commission like this, 10 other pieces come with it. So when I'm dying, I die lots and lots of extra stuff. And, and as I work, it comes out. So it, if I had, say you had a commission and you said, Carol, I want you to make me a piece that's um, three feet by two feet. And my favorite flower is petunias. And um, I, I love the color blue. And so I'd love to have some petunias and some blue in my piece. Like, I love it when people tell me what they like or, you know, oftentimes if I have a commission, I'll work with the client, I'll go to their house, we'll walk around, they'll show me areas in their yard that they love and I'll photograph that. I work from photographs a lot. Put that together by talking to someone. So if it's a commission, it's easy because they've got space, I I work with them. If I'm doing it for myself, it's almost like I give myself a commission. And right now I'm still really interested in ferns because of what's happening in the world right now. Ferns are one of the oldest type of, of um, plant species. Plus they're, a, they're, 
there um, you can find fossils with fuel, fuel with ferns in them. So I've got this whole connection to oil and the whole conversation about oil and whether we should or shouldn't be using it and, you know, energy and, and is there global warming? Is there not global warming? Like personally, I, I think that they're always as good. The world is always going to get cooler and warmer because that's what has been done ever since there was a world. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure how much, how much credit humans can take for anything, but maybe we can, who's to say, you know, so ferns sort of is, a symbol of all of that for me. Uh, and, and, and I would say that, you know, you know, there is a piece to connecting nature and, and I mean, like I get too hung up on technology. Like I will always like to go outside and run in something. So, so there is, a, so there's something I like about art that does connect to nature um, as well. Um. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm done. Oh, oh! Did you have another? <laughs> I don't. Know, I'm answering your questions. Oh. You gave me. You, you're wonderful. You're so organized. You had this wonderful organization. So I was like, okay, I know I'm going to have questions, but I never know how I'm going to answer them until you ask them. What? Like I had no idea I was going to talk about global warming, and hopefully nobody's offended by that. I really, honestly, don't know. In art history, I I explain to people that that um, there was global warming back back in the what is it the Mesolithic whatever whenever um, Great Britain separated between the Paleolithic and the Neolithic eras, Great Britain separated away from the continent. There was um, global when warming was that exact, exactly? Well, Paleolithic era is thirty thousand years ago. So and then the Neolithic era, era, like Stonehenge, that starts somewhere around five or six thousand years ago. So yeah, you're looking at three, four thousand BCE, something like that. So somewhere in that twenty thousand year period, you talk about short versus long, young age versus old age. There was global warming, and the and there was something that separated Great Britain from the continent. Now, were there any humans? Maybe there was a whole rise and fall of a civilization that created fossil fuels and warmed the earth up. Maybe people did it, or maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Atlantis is, is real, yeah. and and it's like and it's like Aquaman when they discovered <laughs> before we discovered the steam engine or something. Exactly. That's uh, why you know it's when when people politicize things like that, I just say, wait a minute. Let's let's think about what was it like ten thousand years ago. I mean, I mean, the Mayans uh, were were very resourceful. Um, I'm not sure if it was them who created this, but like the way they did agriculture, um, they had like sort of like this maze, maybe. Um, or mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so it was the Mayans, um, and then the water would sort of like flow through it. Yep. Um, like, like it's like, why aren't we doing that today? I mean, certainly with <laughs> like, like we could definitely yeah. create a moat um here but i think uh but but i mean like yeah watch out for alligators down here um so maybe not <laughs> i love um, it i love it uh, i know nobody talks about florida falling into the ocean it, uh, it could fall into the ocean sooner than california really uh, think about all those high rises in miami that are sitting on the beach i look at that and i think talk about a house built on sand yeah i mean i mean i'm like like I, I do believe global warming is happening. It's just to what degree and 
And also we, we've got new technology coming out. Like there's some machine that can absorb carbon now. And, and Mm -hmm. I don't know how that's going to factor in, but I do believe it's going to make a difference um, as well. Oh, there's no question global that the earth is warming, that the evidence is in all the forests that are dying. Yeah. I mean, the trees are dying. So obviously something's happening that I just, to me, the jury is out on all of the possible causes. All the, I mean, and it could be part of it is nature and part of it is humans. And and yet at the same time, um, like I'll never forget this in my uh, public uh, finance class back at college. Like, like the one thing I remember from this guy is that we demand pollution and it's like, and then, then like at the time, young me, young twenty some, young twenty year old me, couldn't drink yet. Um, was like, <laughs> really, really, we want on this, and and then it's like, well, well, no, 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 Adam, think about this. You want your iPhone, right? It, mm-hmm. What do you think produced it? What do you think got it here? It was the boats, it was airplanes, it was the fuel that made it. So yeah. yes, you do. It's just an unseen cost by the consumer. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah, didn't know I'd be talking about economics and on this too. So I Nobody guess, ever knows what they're going to be talking yeah. about when they talk to me. All bets are off when I talk to you. Like, like, <laughs> like Joe Rogan has like this thing and then it, like he could, he could wind up talking about video games for 20 minutes with Bill Burr mm-hmm. or something. Like it's yeah. crazy. Well, that's a perfect example. Video games. So in academia now, you can get a you can get a PhD in video game design now. And and when I first when I started out graduate school in 1997, um, I had a little LC two. Almost nobody had a computer. We used cards cards in the library in the card catalog. So in that period of time. It, it went from everything analog. Use the library. Write your paper out. And type it out. To now you can get a PhD in game design. So this reality has been created and constructed in that short amount of time. Did, did you ever work with Cobalt, the programming language? No, I no. never worked with any group. No, I've no. always been a Mac person. I had, my first computer was a Mac LC2. I've had every incarnation of Mac up till this iMac that I'm talking to you into. This, I'm, I'm recording this on a MacBook Air, by the way, which is like... <laughs> Like I like I was always an HP Microsoft guy um, from college, and and I could play Minecraft on it. it, it I'm not even going to try to play Minecraft on this Mac, um, but but it, but I mean like the the design of that um, was definitely something at the time in 2012 when I fir- first got it was like amazing. It was a um, it had the Beats audio chip in there oh i remember that it's like those were great too oh there's so like so i i guess to go back to the design stuff like like there is like something great that we could probably take from everything like i you can't really see um you know the nightstand but it's made out of wood but there's something great about you know all the most good things like you know your cabinets everything so exactly yeah um yeah and then wow um yeah so 
So um, starting, um, so designing with your studio, do you play any music or anything? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. I, and, and everything from Krishna Das to Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Oh. Uh, you I, know, give me three steps. Do, do you know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> old, old school rock and roll um to eastern music like krishna das is is it's hindu hindu type music to um bach to uh massive attack like uh, techno type music i don't even know what people listen to now half the time i listen to the radio station they're playing the same thing i heard in high school in the 60s i'm like what, what are is there even any are people even writing music i don't know we have a lot of country music down here um it's funny though. Sometimes I have to just turn it off. Like I'll, I'll, and a lot of times I dance. Like I'll, I'll really dance it out before I create. I, I, I'm a person with very high energy. I got to move around a lot. Um, and sometimes I just have to have no sound. No sound. Uh, like there are definitely times when I want to listen to music, but it's like no, I've got to edit this audio strip too and and get it done but but when i write like it's definitely something i like to do um you were talking a little bit about techno um i i mean typically i refer to that as house music depending like, house like, i've heard of how yeah some of the music i call i listen to they call it house like uh, oh have you actually listened to avicii or um or martin garrix or Armin Van Buren. I don't know. Maybe. Um, if uh, you have, if you ought to just, if you, if you have ideas for music, for music, I'm, I love every kind of music and I'm always looking for new music ideas, especially from young people, because of course, you know, my husband's super old school. Like he, he, he just is, he'll be, he'll listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan for hours on end. So, but. Yeah, pr- oh, probably one of my favorite house songs is like, is Tiesto uh red lights um like like that came out in 2014 it was like like one of the best drop those on the network i'm gonna listen uh, to them jeez oh, uh yeah i will definitely drop that like an earthquake um but i think i don't i don't think you get that reference um exactly yeah. it, 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 it was a techno song it, it was a techno <laughs> song and and it was pretty big back in uh the 2010s uh Something called Vine. I don't know if you remember that. It was the precursor to TikTok. And oh no, I don't remember that. I, I had a Vine account thinking like, oh, this is going to be great. This is gonna, like like the concept was there, but, but in the that- 2010s, I was like, I no social media. Forget about it. I I think my Facebook account I started in 2008, but I never went on it. I, I, I'm just starting to use it now. I'm use, I've I started a Facebook group for people who want to be creative. I'm, it, I'm realizing that a lot of the people that want to do the stuff that I do are actually on Facebook. So I have to be on it. Um, but people put na- I, I have no patience for negativity at all. So when people put something negative or start arguing on social media, I just block them. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. If you're going to waste your time, your life and whatever, whatever God's given you arguing over an ant, I, I just don't have time for you to go argue with somebody else. 
And and I don't like it too. I'm and and there are those people in your life that you have to cut out. Like like th- there was a friend that I hung out um, about two weeks ago, and uh, and and it's not bad or anything, but it's like it's like you know you do have those times when you just need to go your separate way, and you don't it and you don't see eye to eye. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean it, it's okay. It's not necessarily that you two are bad people. It's just that you have different goals and, and sometimes you just don't flow with good people. And and there's nothing wrong with that too. I mean, my saying for that is you do you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When Um, somebody starts talking to me about stuff like, Oh, you know, this, this person said this and that, and did you know that blah, blah. I'm like, is that, that's really important to you right now? Like, all right, well, you do you, you know, I'm going to go concentrate. I'm going to go mow the lawn or something because that's, what's really important to me right now. So. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So you have, I, I forget the name of these things and, and, and forgive me. I'm not, I, I, I was okay. like a terrible drawer at the time. So you do have a drawing board, like one, like one of those um, whiteboards and then you're like, lean it up on uh, i'm really trying to describe this here this is like this is why i never became an artist i could not are you talking about designing like drawing something out yeah do, well, i never do that oh oh you never you never draw no. Out? No. Uh, i i mean as a kid i sort of did like drawing like like i like i drew the white socks symbol and I, and I actually drew it pretty well after they uh won that so um, and, and the Oriole symbol too. Like, like I, I was pretty good at drawing some things, but not, not like people or anything like symbols I was good at. And, and then, then when I got, got to high school, I, I actually had to take um, an art class and um, it was like, like, like I knew no one. There was like this one person there. Um, there was that I knew. And then we uh, separated next semester that that next semester and 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 I think when you're you don't get to choose what you want to produce I mean like like you're you're not going to have as good as a time in art I mean would you say that there's a lot of artists that really struggle with that I'm blessed because no matter what the task that I'm given, I can find a way to be creative with it and put myself into it. And, and so I guess it, it has to do with, do you have an ability to go with the flow or do you have, or do you have to fight against constraints all the time? As far as drawing goes, you know, I just don't draw, but I I like to. Um, I know Alvalyn, she's on our network. She has a drawing challenge. I signed up for it, but I never have time to go do it. Ken's awesome. He's in, he's, he does, he's a drawer. Like he and I work together really well because I'm like an, I'd like to bring more drawing into things. And he's, and he has brought all kinds of more freedom and like free. So we're, it's, it's really cool. He is someone who has years of experience in the commercial art world to where he's done 
hundreds of projects that he didn't feel were particularly creative, but he was able to see that they helped him hone his craft. Because I've been in academia, I've had the luxury of just making my work the way just out of me. But I have had commissions that I was like, how am I going to do this? But it always comes right. I, as, as I just have to sort of work at it. I'm working on Emily's wedding veil right now. I was doing the same thing. I'm, she's like, just to have your own expression. But it's really hard to figure out how my own expression goes on a wedding veil. It, it isn't easy for me to do, but I love the challenge. Plus I love her. So. Uh, um, I listened to the episode where with you and Amy Nichols, um, the apprenticeship diaries. Um, mm-hmm. If yeah. And everyone you uh, listening now, you can go download that episode. It's available anywhere you get podcasts. We've already it's- done three so far. We're doing a whole series. Oh, wait, you did part one, part two and part three. Yeah, we've rec- we've recorded three. She's not, she's put she's put out one so far. It's amazing. She's done does so much editing and everything on it. But that one record we recorded back in November. Um, so the other ones will come out probably in a month or a few months, whatever. Who knows? We're just going to keep. We've just been talking. We just did another one the other day. I, like th- there is definitely something I'll say that with the feature on all your podcasts is that and, and YouTube, by the way, um, is that you can actually set a, to- a very specific time as to when your episode or video comes out. Um, like, like that definitely gets you like thinking about the next episode. Kind of like, I, like, I, I don't watch TV anymore. Um, but I think I was like, I was a, a little excited at the time for like the new Simpsons when I was younger or, um, if, or sometimes it was family guy. Um, uh, but actually, I actually, the one show that I like really got hyped for, uh, during my teen years was Transformers Prime, but, um, oh, I love Transformers. We have all the movies. Oh, oh, um, but the, yeah, now this is the series. This, this was probably one of the best series and even the backstory, uh, was yep. probably I love the-, the Transformers and my kids had Transformers. I used to buy them for them. Yeah. Like I, uh, um, I love Transformers. <laughs> the, the voice acting in this, I'll tell you, was 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 prime. Um, mm-hmm. Pun intended. Yeah. Um, it was. He, Peter, wait, you saw that? You you saw? Yeah, Transformers? of course Prime? I did. Uh, I love the Transformers. Oh, uh, so yeah, and Frank Welker's back again um, with as Megatron. Um, Stephen oh, Blum awesome. played Starstream. Um, Michael Ironside was Ultra Magnus and. Of course, Peter Cullen was probably my favorite voice actor of all time. Was Optimus Prime, and and he even did Eeyore. If if you didn't know that, but um, I didn't know that, but it like, makes perfect like, sense. Like like, so we definitely can inverse that. So like, yep. like you know, wow, as well. So like, he was like you know, optimistic Optimus Prime, and just negative, and then negative Eeyore, which is like crazy to think about too, of how he how he switched off to um uh the um yeah i i think i liked how him and you know like in the studio like i don't know um you remember ghostbusters oh yeah um ernie hudson was like you know always like just always like finding himself in like the hard times it's like oh god dang it um or something like that 
and and he was like you know fr- like i could see his frustration like the way he did it in in the two ghostbusters films and even ghostbusters afterlife um and like and, and then which is why he was perfect for agent fowler too like um as well um in the series and 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 like he was very frustrated you know with 30 foot tall robots walking around like of course like who wouldn't be it's like oh God, like you're damaging everything sort of. <laughs> i'm glad there's not one walking up to my front door right now it's a big giant foot right in my front door like oh uh, that like that would be pretty cool like i i went back i mean i saw the 80s i saw beast wars um i i liked that too um armada was the first one i got into um and i was really young uh with that and and um and, and some of the chronological things didn't add up there's like different stories but but hey there's an there's an art to that too and 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 i think and that really is like something you can do is that you can always come back to something and then just or just have a new one like like you've done like similar paintings before and then you just come back and redo things right like yeah well it's almost like this conversation we're having and i interrupted you when you were talking about amy's podcast she started to say i'm i listen to amy's podcast but and then I said, oh, well, we're doing more of them. And then you said, oh, yeah, we can do more in this. It, like, did you see the Transformers? And we, we, we went on this whole conversation that was really interesting about the, the 80s. We got to Ghostbusters, but we never finished talking about the Transformers. And the, so, I mean, we never finished talking about the Apprenticeship Diaries. And the reason I mention that is... In the context of going back and redoing paintings, it's ex- or art. In my case, they're te- textile art. But even if it was paintings, I paint too. It would be the exact same thing. Is you take this journey into the artwork. It takes you over here, takes you over there, and back to your very first question: How do I begin a project exactly this way? Just like this conversation we're having. In fact, when I listen to this back. It's probably going to give me ideas. Oh, that's gonna, that's that's going to be amazing too. And like even the books on your desk right now. And for those who are listening to the audio, you can uh, watch this on my YouTube channel. Um, but like, there's even like something there that like there like so, like it's not completely organized, but but there's like something like even that can give you an, an idea. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I'll show you the books behind me. It's the same. Oh. Oh sure. Oh oh wait oh oh not just the ones on your desk. You actually have a whole shelf, and you have one right in front of that painting. I yeah, actually thought that right. was a door. I actually thought that was a door before. It is you- a door. Oh, wait, that is a door, and and there's shelves on the door. No, no. So that's the door out into my front yard. Oh. But the problem is for a podcast. I mean, for video, you can't you have to have you have to have a a wall behind you and um we couldn't keep the computer in the back room because we don't heat it in the winter um because it's because talk about saving money right so we we decided to bring this all in the living room so i made this little area so we had to cover up the door so i found a piece so there's a blanket 
behind it. The door is covered with a blanket. Oh. And then my artwork is in front of it. And then this is a little table. These are old, um, these are bookends that came from Germany for, for when I was born. Wow. My father brought back from there. I, I've and never, then, I didn't know that was a thing, like a bookend like that. Yeah, that's how you, like, when, if you don't have bookshelves, you use bookends. We we always had bookshelves growing up, um, and and CD shelves, um, and unfortunately, like CDs aren't around anymore, really. But um, I, but like like it was always at the it was always at the end. I didn't I didn't see that. Or if I didn't have a bookshelf at the time, like when I was in college, I mean, I would just stack them, um, or or I would even just put them in a drawer. But bookends are very useful because you can put books anywhere between bookends. Nice. Think about that. There's a song by Simon and Garfunkel, old friends sitting something like bookends. Oh, I, and, and, or and have you ever heard about bookending a thought or bookending a weekend? Um, Sort of. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just go on about that. Cause I, I I'm really trying to like look, like think back to my 14 year old self and and I can't at this moment. <laughs> I can't think back to my 14 year old self either. Although I did find a picture of myself at 14. It's actually on Facebook. It's hilarious. It's this picture of our whole family on Easter when I was 14 and I was awkward. I had little hair that only came to here. And my mother just had poured me into, I was in some kind of really weird like white tights and jumpsuit and and a little brown mini skirt and weird shoes. I looked so weird at fourteen. At fourteen years old, I was uh, in hockey camp, and I mean, like, like that. Those five days um, were like, oh, like your legs were like dead by Friday. I bet. Like, I bet. Like, I used to like to watch hockey before the people started fighting in hockey games. I, I mean, well, that's actually just part of the culture. I mean, I mean, like there, like Bobby Clark back in the day was like, oh, he was like, he was a, like, there, there's a reason why the Flyers back in the seventies were called the Broad Street Bullies, um, and like they were hard and they, they hit and they were like hard and. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but um, but during the seventies, they actually faced the Soviet team, and they were like, and then so it's like I didn't okay, know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but they faced them, and and you know it's like perfect team to face was the Broad Street Bullies, and then in I think it was like in seventy two, the uh, Paul Henderson moment was that like um, he uh, got the game winning goal against them and Canada still managed to come out on top of that, which was like some can't some some Canada World Cup. The way it was structured is is never going to be done again. And I don't think the Soviets are ever going to defeat the NHL All-Stars again because well one the Soviets <laughs> don't yeah. exist. And and the way and the way that game <laughs> and the way that game was made was it was produced uh, is just not going to happen again. The NHL is not going to do that because um, Alexander Ovechkin um, is in there. Like, 
you had so many Russian stars, Pavel Burry. I, I don't know if you know who these people are. I don't. I'm fascinated. You're just rattling all these names uh, off. But, oh, okay. Anybody but I've got, I have to tell you about the Alex Ovechkin yeah. story. Um, so he is the third all-time great uh, in goal score, scoring, at least. Um, and he, and uh, he definitely worked a lot with uh, people in the American Special Hockey Association. I was a part of that for a, a good portion of my life. And, and in 2016, um, and I was interning at some place called respectability. Um, but, and then I said, okay, I'm going to take the day off. I want, I've got to go meet with uh, my old team. Uh, do you mind? And then they're like, sure, go ahead. And uh, fortunately for me, I got to uh, meet Alexander Ovechkin at Kettler too. Um, wow. so, so that was uh, and 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 not only that, I actually made an excellent pass to him uh, because playing college hockey um, with, you know, probably one of the best coaches um, in your division, like you learn to pass and you learn to pass oh, yeah? really well. It's like it's like basketball, too. Like you pass. There's a there's an art to that. And there's an art to hockey. Like there's just an passing. art to everything. There's I mean, an art to everything. And, and this is like, there's an art to this conversation too. And, and this is the whole theme. If there's a theme to this episode of the podcast, it's that there's an art to everything. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely it was that I grew up watching him um, so well. And, and, and I also knew Crosby was an excellent passer. I just knew how to read him well when i did it and that, and then he like shot like like all through the traffic like like i was able to get it to him and and then he scored like like i mean like i don't know if i'll ever have that opportunity again well because i'm not in the mid-atlantic anymore but but that was uh like he's going to be in the hall of fame he's going to be uh he may pass gretzky we don't know but but yeah Oof. so adam that is Absolutely beautiful because, you know, and again, to circle back to a question you asked me, you said, how do you start on a piece or how do you know? Well, how did you, what what was that in you, that intuitive place, that art that made you see how to get through that traffic, how to make that pass, the, the moves that you have to make this one, then that move, then that one all strung together for the outcome. It's exactly the same. Yeah. And, and then it's like, all right, I have two, I have a winger and, and, and a defenseman there. I have to cross over right. Then, then he's right up the middle too. And I've got to make, and I can't make an outlet pass, but I had to, to um, sort of go off to the side. He was, he had his stick out. So I knew where to position, which was like slightly like this is his stick and then just put it slightly ahead of his and then mm-hmm. just go. Um, and you certainly would do that in a lot less time than it takes you to describe it. Like, yeah, it's like, it's split second. like, like it's geometry. It's like, yeah. and, and if you play billiards too, that also helps uh, with passing. I used to be on hockey. a pool team. Nobody what? could believe it. I used to be on a billiard team and people were like, how is she possible? I'd make these shots and I don't have no idea why, how, uh, the problem was I wasn't predictable. So I'd make amazing shots, but then it wouldn't make yeah. alcohol could have had something to do with it. If I wasn't drinking, I probably would have been really good at it. <laughs> yeah. 
the, uh, I mean, I mean, like, the, like there is definitely like I've seen pictures of billiards tables and and all that. Like some people like made some like amazing billiards pool yeah. paintings. Um, have you ever done one on billiards? No, 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 uh, no. And, like, ah, uh, like that's definitely one thing. I like if if I had the artistic ability to do that, like I'd probably do that. And then, it, like, I mean, I drew hockey rings easily because it's like red line, blue line, um, all that stuff. Ugh, wow, wow. I, I I didn't know we'd go off on all these tangents too. Like, I mean, like <laughs> I really thought you'd thought we'd be like more to the script but th- there's always something sorry there's always something fun about this about just when you go off on a tangent that's probably it's probably why joe rogan is the number one podcaster in the world i mean like they go off on tangents too like mm-hmm. and and aside from but talking about we've been talking for like almost an hour so we probably should make sure there isn't anything in your script that we didn't touch on that you want to have on here okay um uh, I guess, um, oh, uh, for for those getting the starting, um, uh, what would you recommend for any new and upcoming artists or just those wanting to get a studio set up? All right. So that's two different questions. Which oh. do you want me to answer them both? Um, oh, y- yeah. Or yeah. Or how about how about. Um, answer the studio question first and then just more of how you create the side hustle from it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I wouldn't even worry about the side hustle because you need to do a lot of art before you find out if you even like it and you're not going to be able to have any kind of a side. I haven't even figured out how to make a side hustle out of it. Like, because it's my, it's, I have no idea, but I can answer what I would say to budding artists, anybody who wants to be an artist, the first thing that I would tell you is to forget anything, any preconceived ideas that you have about what it has to be and find somebody who you, you admire their work or the the way that they deal with people or that, that there's something, find somebody who has what you want that you think they can help you and start working with that person and get them to help you guide you to where your basics are. Because every art isn't, there are basic nuts and bolts. Like, you know, I, and I, I know Ken is, Ken's starting on some really good classes for just, how to draw this, how, which is all stuff you have to have. And in order, if you want to go the academic route, you've got to learn how to draw well enough to get in. Like to get into RISD, I had to draw a bicycle and a pair of shoes and something else. I forget what it was. We were talking about this on Facebook the other day. But I did that by finding a, a drawing teacher. There, there, were, there, were people, there were people around who taught me. And then I found a different person to help me, you know, like I had a whole stable of people and that that's what, that's what I, I really, if I could do whatever I wanted, it would be for helping artists grow. 
is help them find the resource for the different thing they want to do. And be willing, you know, have another job, have another income source. Don't expect that the art is going to make your living for you right away. Make sure, make art and enjoy making art because if you don't enjoy it, you're never going to keep doing it. Indeed. I mean, like, like if I didn't enjoy reading scripts and well, more of reading history, like cer- certainly with baseball, I was like really good, good at that. I mean, like, I mean, I don't think I would have actually wrote a book and narrated it um, and, and done it, but I, I enjoy doing it. And, and I, and that is um, probably the greatest piece of advice um that you know you can definitely yeah you You have to just think about you know you and i were both in the knowledge revolution together in 2020 we came in at the same time on that course and remember those first exercises we did we had to identify just that thing that we were going to do that we thought that's and it had to be you know we had to dig down deep into ourselves Remember? So, and that's so important. So, you know, if you think you want to be an artist, you probably do want to be because art is hard to do and it's time consuming and it takes years and years to pay off and, but it's worth it. I am happy. I have, I have everything I want in my life right now. I, I don't have a lot of money. I have more debt than I have money. I don't have a fancy car. I I have a, a we have a 96 Volvo with 800,000 miles on it that needs an alternator and a starter right now that he's putting in this week. And I have a 2012 pickup with 300,000 miles on it that goes back that's taken me to New England. Her name's Rosie. Um, I don't own my own house. Uh, I pay rent. Um, I I don't have lots of fancy clothes. This is pretty much what I wear, flannel shirts. Um, I don't have, uh, we don't, we like, we, we had macaroni and cheese and and ham for Christmas for, uh, for, we had macaroni and cheese and fried ham for Easter because that's what we wanted, you know, um, you know, so so, my husband loves fried bologna sandwiches. There is, I don't have a desire for things. I, I don't need them. I can walk out my front door and there's a mountain out every window. I have a beautiful relationship with my children. I have got, I've got three children. I've got five beautiful grandchildren, a great granddaughter. Um, My parents celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. I make art every day. I get to help people every day. I get to, I get, I get to wake up in the morning and look outside and see the stars and think, what do I want to do next? And it's a thing. So I have complete freedom. My parents' uh, 33rd wedding anniversary is coming up, and I'm, like, thinking, wow. They, like, I, I still got time. Um, there's that. And, and and you definitely don't need the fancy things. Like, uh, we were not uh, – growing up in uh, Germantown, Maryland, um, I didn't have, um, like, the latest Xbox. I mean, I had a GameCube. And then when the Wii came out, I, I that was a bar mitzvah present for me. But I didn't have the fancy schmancy things. And certainly when your friends are down in like 
the elite city of Bethesda or even Rockville, you know, you see like like those I homes did. are going oh, for yeah. a mi- going Millions. for a million. Oh yeah. But, like I've it, been it, in those I've stayed in Bethesda. They they are those homes are like like when I think I was like eight years old when one of my friends said, Oh yeah, my, yeah, my parents yeah, there's this home right here that's million dollars. And I was like, that is not real. And 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 this is like uh, this is like yeah. 2003 and it's like the concept of a million dollar home like of three stories that not not a mansion but three stories was like no i, I hear it like, yeah. like i didn't understand how that could work and i didn't know what inflation was at the time but 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 now like like, like even in florida there's like two-story homes that are going for like a million five and i'm like uh, how right now right. it's like oh yeah it's yep. crazy. I, I have no. I I'm very happy right where I'm at. You know. It's, but, but like, like I, like, like if it's just me and maybe a significant other, at, um, when I find Ms. Wright or Mrs. Wright, um, you will. I, I mean, I mean, it <laughs> will. Like, I will not want anything fancy, but I do want to be out in sort of suburbia but i can still get to the city to see a sporting event because i Mm -hmm. definitely like like the marlins i like or the rays you wouldn't like it here you have to go too far for that you have to go to eight go 80 miles to for anything oh wait are you wait are you closer to nashville or memphis neither i'm 350 miles away from nashville and wow whoa i can't like i can't I can't fathom that. Like, like growing up, I was like 300 miles away from Pittsburgh, but I was like immediately close to DC. It's rural where I am. It's 20 miles to go to the grocery store. 20 miles to go. Like growing up when I was like a teenager, like I just drove to uh, like maybe maybe a mile maybe a mile and a half we have a little market four miles down the road that's just like a little but it's you know a little gas station you can get stuff there it's like it's like okay i think like i will like like there's definitely a piece of me that wants somewhat of a of a like that suburban area but i it's like i don't want to be in a crowded area i don't like i don't like 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 New York City, like I I could never live in New York or San Francisco or L.A. Nope. or anything. There's almost too many people here because I can see houses. You know, my my dream would be no streetlights. I I'd like to live somewhere where there's no light pollution. No streetlights. Um, wow. I mean, there's like, one streetlight. You know, way down the hill. But you know, at the church, there's a church, and for some reason they're worried. That maybe somebody vandal. I don't know. They've got all these lights. But I would like I like a dark dark and quiet i don't uh like geez a lot, a lot of horror story movies start out that way so it's like um no no, no thank you no you can see the sky hear the, the you know hear the the little peepers and the fireflies so on a june night here when i step out my front front door in june the stars are twinkling up above and there's so many fireflies and you can't see where the fireflies end and the stars start I go to my cousin's house um, in Annandale during the summer uh, because, like, I, I, I'm not standing here in in the Fourth of July. Like, it it gets crazy. It can get crazy down here. 
Um, but like in Annandale, like it's rural, but it's like it's like things are just right there and they have a good community. There was a there was a shop central where Florida. Central Florida? Uh, no, 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 no. This is um the West Palm area. It's just a little south okay. of that. Um, but but I go up to Newark, um, like like from the airport with the monorail, which yeah, Newark now has an, a monorail, but um, and then I go right in to uh Annandale, um, or even even in Trenton, like it, it's still rural enough like it's so suburban enough uh and they have a minor league baseball team in trenton but like those cities um seem like just so peaceful like annandale is peaceful and and it's still far enough away from the lincoln tunnel where it's a drive but um yeah but uh, <laughs> yeah we, we definitely had <laughs> yeah but yeah. that's all right. There need to be people out in the country and in the city. So. I, I I'll take the suburbs. I I want an in between, like like something. I grew like, up in the suburbs. I like it. I like it rural. I, I like. Well, I have cows in my front yard when the cows come. Oh wait! Oh wait! Are those your neighbor? Those are your neighbor's cows, or yeah, the, the neighbor leases the field to to this guy that has cows. Giving a new term to when the cows come home. Exactly. When the cows come home, I won't see them this year though, because I'll be out of here in a week. And so I'm, I'm heading to new England where it's crowded, but it's okay. I'll be oh, all right. Have you ever been to Fenway? No, but my daughter has, she's a super red, red Sox fan. She's all about the Red Sox. I grew up um, more of the Yankees Orioles brand because uh, it, well, until the Nationals, came it was those two teams and the Mets uh but but once the Nationals came it was O's and Nets all day um but I actually did get to go to Fenway in 2005 I was a little boy um Red Sox had just won the World Series I remember that they ate my father's heart out in 04 you had Pedro (laughs) Martinez you had David Ortiz and you had um you had Manny Ramirez. I really dislike Manny Ramirez uh, out of everyone more than at more than ever, like, more than anyone. Oh, and Johnny Damon too. But but he redeemed himself when he played for the Yankees. Um, so that was okay, I guess. Suppose um, the it, but yeah, and and then they would win uh, several more um, after two thousand four. I actually. I was like 30 feet away from David Ortiz at the time. It's like, like David, like I, I was like shouting out to, um, to big poppy, but, um, and then there was that green Wally guy, like who was signing stuff. And it's like, no, I, I no, I want David Ortiz still like. Over- okay. So now you're going to have to change the title. Of this is the art there, the art of whatever from, Textiles to the Red Sox. Oh, that, no, 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 I'm not. I, I, geez, I don't want <laughs> to change you. the title of this, but, but there's like I'm still teasing. like an art to <laughs> all of this and, and connecting yeah. with people. So, oh, that's a great title. Um, Art and connecting with people. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a good title, too. Yeah, yeah, I'll run with that, too. Um, you never I bet I was just saying you, I bet you never thought we'd be ending up 
talking about the Red Sox. Um, yeah, I'm going to get interrupted probably within just so you know, because we're over our hour. So I, I scheduled an hour. So I don't want to get somebody's going to come interrupt me shortly. Oh, all right. Um, so do you want to just end it here? And um, I want to make sure you didn't have any more questions. Um, oh, uh, closing thoughts. Anything anything you'd like to shout out or say? So closing thoughts is this has been an awesome experience talking to you. This, this is my, well, the second podcast I've been on, but the third time I've, no, fourth, I'm going to see. That's true. You can edit that out. I hope. No, no, no. no, I like to keep it a straight. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. But I I couldn't help it. (laughs) And there's still a wasp over there. Um, So it, this has been really, really fun to talk like this. I just, I think it's a great environment and, and um, I've just, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and, and I've been looking forward to you asking me to be on your podcast. So I, it, and it lived up to every expectation I had. So shout outs, just a shout out to you. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing because right. it's, it's pretty awesome. Okay, now I have to end this. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this will be on YouTube as well as Spotify and Apple. Um, there will be a link to my YouTube channel in the um, description or show notes, rather. Um, and also, we will give a shout out to the Nomad Network. If you want to start a side hustle or and you don't know where to go, um, you can definitely, well, come to us. I mean, we're like the originals. Um, but... But definitely, the, the, this network had. We are up to about twenty three hundred members, going on twenty four hundred. So, so be the twenty four hundredth member of this, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and just he wants. And uh, Jason Stapleton has wants to help a thousand people make an extra thousand dollars of income. Um, that's a million dollars a year. Am I right? Yeah, he wants a thousand people make an extra thousand dollars a month. And um, I'll tell you what, he's got a lot of value, valuable information. And Adam, I will send you my um, website. So you can put that in your on, on your description, too. So oh, OK, and, and the show notes as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, so definitely check out Carol's website. Um, um, oh, and uh, if you are into journaling, uh, please check out. Uh, my journaling, my coffee journal, um, uh, both in hardcover and softcover, and uh, um, on Amazon, and uh, and I guess that's it. Um, stay safe, stay great, Adam. Thank you. This is great. Uh, um, I'll see you all in the next episode. <laughs>